After seemingly forever, the USS Post show is docking through a wormhole. Whatever. It's season four, episode 13 of Star Trek Discovery. This one's called Coming Home. We're talking about it right now after the jump. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look alive, Captain, on the bridge. What's going on, ah! Cap? <laughs> Sorry, I was closing. I was closing my windows over here. Like windows uh, or tabs or actual windows? Are you well, I had to close a tab because uh, I usually leave Facebook going, but my friends are all in my DMs. Boing, 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 boing. You know, very popular. The old yeah, captain. you are. The old captain, CEO, owner, founder, guy who found <laughs> whoever in that thingy. In fact, season two of Picard is getting the recap treatment. I heard it's called Picarder. Well, we're calling it Picarder on the show, and uh, friends of Commander's Log will recognize my panelists. We've got uh, Chris Pitcher. I think he was on maybe once. Uh, we got Leo Genesek. He was on a few times. And our, our old friend, a man I met through you, so one of the many gifts you have given me through life is <laughs> my friendship with Joe Townsell. So, me, Joe Townsell. I'm kidding. He's not me at all. If you know him, he's a big sweetheart. <laughs> he is one of the nicest guys. Uh, our panel is uh, rare to go, so we'll be talking about episode three of Picard season two, which is called Assimilation. Just watched it, and it is hot. Oh, wow. Uh, but I wouldn't say it was as hot as this season of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, I well, we'll get that's one of the hottest Trek shows I've seen in a while, man. Well, let's get into it. But yes, well, Weber Internet Thingy presents the Picard recap show happening about an hour from now. If you're watching this live or about 5 p.m. Pacific, yeah. wherever you are, if you get this on delay. 8, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. <laughs> Yeah, we don't talk about them anymore. They suck. No, I'm just kidding. I'm Brooklyn. I'm all Brooklyn. All right. Season 4, episode 13, Coming Home, directed by Olatunde Onizasame, who's in a lot of episodes here. It's called Coming Home. Thankfully, it wasn't a Voyager situation. Let me ask you up top there, Cabin. Thoughts about the season? Thoughts about the episode? You know, um, they were swinging for the fences. Joe Townsell. Me and Joe Townsell. Officers are too kind. That's what Joe says. I'm assuming he was singing it when he wrote it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He does show tunes very well. Uh, you know, the, the nice thing about season four is they gave us what they're so good at, which is kind of blowing the doors out of the sci-fi, pushing the sci-fi further and further down from where your expectations are, which is great. And... And a lot of emotion, a lot of emotion and a lot of heart. There was a lot of time in this episode dedicated to that. And that's mm -hmm. nice. That's a that's a discovery thing. I, yeah. I really dug that. Well, as someone who's been a hater all season, you said you like this episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> I okay. get it. We'll talk to okay. you about that. I'm a hater, but only on plot. And okay. 
it actually turned out better than I thought it was going to. So good sign. Yeah. Yeah. As mad as I was last week, because yeah. if you weren't with us last, last week, you missed they, a good one. <laughs> when they make first contact with species 10 C I'm just sitting there going, this is the movie arrival. This is the movie arrival. Oh, that's just like arrival. This is like arrival. All those things are like arrival. Oh no. <laughs> and, and arrival wasn't even the first movie like that. As I pointed out contact, uh, right. Jodie Foster movie. Uh, it was a lot like that in ways too. So they they brought it home to me. Coming home, yes, we came home. They brought me back to my love for Discovery. Before we get into the plot, Species 10C was something we had a lot of theories about. I was on Team V'ger for a while. I thought it was man-made. I'm not sure if that really counts. I guess it is kind of thing-made. It wasn't a natural occurrence in that case. But... Thoughts about this? This really wasn't the villain here. I mean, it was the big neutral. <laughs> uh, thoughts about having an alien race be the cause of most of the conflict, but not actually being the bad guys when it comes to be at the end of it. Thoughts about that dynamic this season? You know, um, there's a there's a movie called The Mothman Prophecies. I think everybody should see this movie. Uh, mm -hmm. The subject, I I pretty much like the movie. I don't love it, but it's a good movie. There's a there's a part in the movie where they're trying to figure out who and what Mothman is, and this guy who's talking to our hero says, "I think it's something beyond our understanding," and it noticed us, yeah. and that's when you encounter it. You notice it. And the, our hero says, what is it trying to say? And the guy's like, it's not trying to say anything. And the guy's like, is it trying to give us warnings? Is it trying to give us prophecies from the future? The guy's like, right. If you were about to step on an ant, would you warn the ant? I kind of do. Look a lot. And, no, and, and, and that's, well, I mean, that actually figures into this episode. That actually is part of the end of this episode is that, understanding of like well i don't want to hurt an ant but i don't think about the ant every step i take i'm not watching out for ants and so when we meet species 10c what we meet is an alien on a scale on this huge huge scale that is causing trouble for us that they don't even realize it yeah it is kind of surreal. I think Craig Robson, who's usually in our chat, was talking about the dynamic of the mid-credit sequence aliens, the movie Men in Black, where they basically our entire Milky Way galaxy was a marble. <laughs> I was like, that's what I kind of felt like. As uh, is, is that a new reference for the show? Yes, it doesn't usually happen on the show. But that's a dang good reference. Uh, but thank but yeah, you, Craig. <laughs> thank you, Craig. Uh, it definitely was uh, interesting, and I and I like the fact that it was a scientific reason. Yeah. Whether or not you're a fan of the hydrocarbons or the translate or the fact that they somehow that Saru is translating without making any typos, which is not even possible. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that it was something science not like a kid screaming because his mom was gone. I thought that was uh, stepping oh, in the right direction. Oh, there you are throwing an elbow to season three, but also I, patting on the head season four. That's like an elbow drop. I hated that season. I was like, look, you find your long-term Shrek fans, it went in the future for you, and you're still... I was going off. I was going off. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty. But I liked the season. I liked it all. I think it ended it pretty well. Gave me a lot of hope. Uh, a lot of good things. If you're right there in the chat, let us know your favorite parts of the season as a whole as we get to nitty-gritty of episode 13. What up, Leo Genesec? You, you know what, Leo? I was talking about this on Sunday. And I, it's been a long time since I had a Leo Genesec haiku. 
I feel like you've been holding out on me, Leo. What's going on? Haiku me, brother. <laughs> if right. you are friends with Leo Genesec uh, on um, on uh, uh, Facebook, you get those haikus every day. You get the D&D haiku. You also get the Star Trek haiku. However, uh, Leo, it's at Trek Haiku on Twitter, right? Is that is that where everybody can find your your haikus? No Not one knows everything. you can go. No one knows. No one knows. Uh, he'll, oh. let us know. he'll let us know. <laughs> All right, so the DMA is approaching Earth, or, or the Alpha Quadrant, because Navarre is actually in the in Pat's way, too. Way and this too is, close. To it, it's getting way too close. We get that debris. We got floating things happening. And there's this whole idea of, well, we could try to evacuate people, but the amount of people we can evacuate, it's like, meow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're getting hundreds of thousands on each yeah. planet, I believe. On Earth, yeah, yeah. Oy, that's not much. So the question becomes there, even though this is the future, and yeah. we saw Quajon go down, did you really feel the Earth was in danger? Like, were you prepared for a post-Earth life in the future? Yeah. Never. Never. We Never. haven't seen this Earth. This is um, This is Star Trek. They're never going to lose Earth. I mean, Why they, not? They could throw somebody in the future where there is no Earth, or they could throw somebody in the past, past where Earth is just a wild planet, but they would never hurt Earth. I don't think they would ever hurt Vulcan either. And maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I mean, they so you try to tell me that Quajon was a retro planet this entire time? It was just made to hey, be destroyed? Quajon was a recent addition to the canon. That means you're on the bubble. You, you don't know. You might get thrown. <laughs> Leah responds with a kaiku. Wearing of the red, it's St. Patrick's Day. Aaron, Patrick make it Stewart's so. Day. It's St. Patrick Stewart's Day. I can read him in public school. Uh, Aaron, make it so. Aaron, the Gobra. I got it. That's, a, that's an Irish thing. I got it. I got it. Aaron, go Right. <laughs> I totally butchered that. This is if why you're I shouldn't read your haiku. This later, apologies and uh, hooray for Irish. Yeah. <laughs> It's the day where everyone pretends to be Irish. Uh, and it's funny because if you guys remember a life before the pandemic, this is the third St. Patrick's Day with COVID. <laughs> the third. It is, isn't it? Oh so my gosh, real. it is. So real. All right. uh, so let's let's get to the end of the Earth stuff first because a lot of things happen with the species since here we want your opinion on. But at the end, spoiler, Earth is saved because John called it. There's no way they're going to blow up the planet. Uh, the crew actually meets the president of Earth. And I want your opinion on the president of Earth and her temperament and her diplomacy and all that jazz. Okay, so should I just ruin it for everybody who hasn't seen it? I guess. I, I guess. guess yeah. By it. now, yeah. While we watch the recap show, if you haven't seen the episode, uh, it, the the president of the Earth is Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams shows up and plays this role. Okay. I gotta say, yeah, I'm an old hippie. I think everybody should love everybody. I think everybody should be treated equal. I think what? everybody's rights should be equal. I'm a classic hippie like that. So I see president of the earth, Stacey Abrams, and I'm like, yup. <laughs> I, <would have> voted. <laughs> I don't think that was much of a vote. Uh, Joe Tanzel said, I made a bold inaccurate prediction that Navarro would bite the dust in the storyline. So glad I was wrong. See, whole planets were gone in, in Townsend's wake. And I mean, that that is a great uh, uh, that is a great threat. And because yeah. we lost Quajon, it, it makes sense that we would lose other planets. So I, I do have to say I was I was uh, I don't know if I was scared. I was 
nervous. Yeah. Well, the reason why I bring up the Earth stuff, and this is why I liked about the the return to science here, because mm-hmm. these two might why I was saying at first I was like, and again, forgive me, I'm, I'm going with someone with this. All right. I was like, wait, the present Earth is black too? Like, why is everyone black? Because <laughs> not so much that that's supposed to be possible, but it was like, what's going on? And then it hit me because when it pulls out. They show the Earth what would happen after a thousand years of it on this wobbly axis, and you saw the continent of Africa be the most predominant continent there. And I'm like, the detail in trying to put that down and say, yes, a thousand years, probably think the Earth would be, is amazing. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that was pretty cool, man. I thought it was pretty awesome. That is. I mean, you know, look, uh, we all have melanin in our skin, and... Uh, you know, it, my ancestors were in a very cold northern part and Flobo, your ancestors were in a, a, the southern hemisphere and that melanin was kicking in to save your skin. And frankly, I wish I had a little more of it because hey. uh, <laughs> that sun is hot out there. <laughs> it's a different sun from when I was a kid. And you're right, man. The earth changes. The axis changes. Uh, things change. Uh, I also love just the pure resilience of earth is embodied by a diversity of people. And, you know, and then there's something kind of nice about, I really shouldn't use the phrase black girl magic, right? That's just not. I mean, it exists. I mean, why not? It exists. And that's the thing I'm saying it exists and you can see it on so many levels. The general, Oh, man, what a story she had. Mm -hmm. And now her boss, she doesn't answer to just anybody. She answers answers to Stacey Abrams. I also love the actors. You can see the actors talking to her, and their eyes are on fire. They're just so lit up, like, oh, my God, I'm meeting Stacey Abrams. She's the president, and I dig her. Yeah. I wouldn't say Stacey Abrams is a great actor, necessarily. But man, she was wearing the hell out of those boots. Those <laughs> <laughs> those heels. Intergalactic fast report with John. <laughs> that lady Honey, did wear some boots, man. Who are you wearing? And I want a copy of that. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never said I was one hundred percent straight. Never, <laughs> never said. <laughs> Is this less listen to the show? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I don't mean that. All right. So. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Nadoya. Let's talk about the, the, the book and Tarka thing. Be- because for a while there, there's this wayward ship. I thought Tarka would be unstoppable, looking for the presto change button. There's your 2021st century anachronism there. Uh, but somehow, uh, Booker escapes and basically reboots Tarka with a punch from hell. Uh, but they can't stop the process. And this right here was a, was a ticking time bomb, and it had to be intercepted with Nadoya stepping up in place of Detmer. Now, I know, John, you say it's Star Trek redheads, but were you a bit disappointed as much as Detmer was with she didn't get a chance to volunteer to be a hero this time? Or did you think it had to be Nadoya's moment? Well, I think it had to be Nadoya's moment. I do. Because that's Shakespearean. She made a decision that she thought was the right thing, even though she knew it was the wrong thing in terms of uh, uh, discovery. Everything mm-hmm. going on on Discovery, this is a bad decision, but everything going ba- on back at Earth, everything going on with the fact that they were going to stop the DMA, that was the main thing that Tarka and Book were going to do as far as she was concerned. But right. she did sabotage Discovery, and that crime has been done. 
Right. And she bears it, you know, because she's a general. She she's she's got honor, you know. She she bears the punishment. She understands, and she says, "If you need me, all of my skills are yours." Yeah. And so, yeah, they go, look, we're going to need a great pilot who will sacrifice themselves doing this. And Detmer's like, boom, stands up. And oh, whoa, man, that, oh, man, the waterworks started for me. Oh, was just like watching her best friend, like, get ready to sacrifice herself. And she's like tearing up. And I'm tearing up. And it was, that was some, that was some heart right there, man. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I, I don't want to admit it here, but there was a chance. I there was a, there was a little bit of, of misting happening in this episode. I don't want to oh, disclose yeah. when, because I never okay. cry at things, ever. I don't I don't want to be. I don't want to be. But when, when, when Book Repair re- reappeared, I was like, oh, all right. Was I mean, cool. look, gonna... did you feel that that was properly set up. Did you think that maybe that could happen or when it did happen, you weren't disappointed? How did you feel about that? Oh, so let's set this up. So there's a point where Booker tries to get transported off of the ship because Tarker totally did not lose her. He's dead. Uh, and they thought he was gone because he, and I had uh, Star Trek, the motion picture flashbacks, right? Where it was like, ah, <laughs> he was coming and he wasn't. I was like, well, that seems plausible. Um, I was, I knew something was up because even though it was happening, there really wasn't a morning scene kind of a thing. It was like, Bernie was kind of sad. Everyone was like, all right, whatever. You know, Tensei. There was the, like, news of his death. Right. Scene. Uh, but, yeah, there wasn't, like, a funeral or anything. Yeah. And it wasn't that, that science fiction, like, pull back, you know, flying leather jacket in space. There was, like, nothing of that. So I felt it was coming back. But having Tensei say... I knew we knew it was important, but we intercepted it. To me, it was this? I mean, it made sense because they're so smart. But to me, that was crossing the line because even though they are a superior species, you can't tell me you know everything, right? Yeah. I don't know how to make a pierogi, but people are making pierogies for thousands of years, right? I just can't intercept a pierogi. I'm like, oh, I got this. But to me, I was like, oh, really? Okay, fine. anybody want a pierogi? <laughs> yeah. Where did that pierogi come from? I knew oh, it was I, important. I knew you liked pierogies, <laughs> so I just pulled out a recipe and made one. Oh, so well, I'm glad he was alive. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> look, I can argue for it uh, till the cows come home, but I don't have any science to back it up. All I can say is uh, Tarka made sure that Book was beamed out. Book never got to the ship because the connection from Tarka, well, uh, from Book's ship that Tarka had taken control of, that was not able to send it to Discovery. So that message, basically that signal, that transporter signal was out there. And I guess we're supposed to assume that Species 10C, like, put it in a bottle, (laughs) put it in Tupperware. They were holding on to it. For how long? (laughs) Quite a while. I mean, a few hours at least at that point. I guess. I mean, look, if a ship in front of you is sinking in the water and there's a bottle with a message in it and you can't save the ship, but you can go pick up that bottle with the message in it. That's what I think it is. Message in a bottle. (laughs) It's book. Is it a cop out that book's alive? Despite the fact he has to pay for his own penance, but the fact he's alive, is that a cop out? I, I did argue with myself on that because I am who won. 
Uh, well, um, who won was um, all of us who believe in true love. <laughs> I mean, look, Burnham and Book love each other. That great little scene where uh, Jet Reno finally gets herself from uh, Book's ship, the, the hijacked ship, back to Discovery. And she goes right up to the Burnham and says, he loves you. That guy loves you. Mm-hmm. And he says, do whatever you have to do. Yeah. And that was another moment of like, man, this is Reno season. This was such a great set of scenes and stories from her. God, I just love it. I hope they use her more. Uh, Leo Genesis disagrees with you. He says, I love the character, but it was a cop out. Ooh, snap. I, you know, I can hear that. I, I hear that. I hear what you're saying. I didn't want to lose book even though i kind of thought well look she's got a through this series she probably has to have a series of boyfriends maybe but this to me season four kind of feels like end of chapter two like yeah. to, like the first two seasons was one thing into the future i let's say i'd be happy to kill him off i'm glad he's back i guess because you could tell burnham loves him more than than ash right yeah. but like if he would have died i'd have been like okay that'd be a good ending to this chapter in space I, I mean, I, I could have lived with it, too. But uh, I also believe you don't just kill off characters, especially characters that are very, very meaningful. Uh, yeah, I'll allow it. I, as a fan, I'll allow it. Each fan has their own ability to allow or disallow. Uh, are so, you allowing it, Flobo? I'm allowing it because the thing that doesn't discuss me is this whole Tarina Saru thing got me looking up Pond Far article at two o'clock in the morning. Ugh. Uh, John, Man, I don't, I don't want to see your cookies. Holy cow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> oh, no, I'm just going to like watch this now. Um, we got, got the handhold. So will they, won't they? Of course, you can't really kiss, right? So they have the handhold. I guess my thoughts are your thoughts. My appendages are your appendages. Are you on board now? It's official. It's weird. It is so weird, this relationship, because it's nothing. I mean, I'm just going to say it. It's nothing that anyone physically wanted to happen. <laughs> it's not like... You I, did. Well, look, I think it's cute. I love cute chaste relationships those to me are adorable and precious uh so i like that the hand holding is the big sex scene that's good <laughs> tvma uh leo said earlier about the whole book thing me too but it felt as though there's no cost of a victory now a long long time ago when i was a film scholar uh my editing professor uh professor cedor if he uh, you know he wrote he directed he edited this film called white man can't jump in the 90s a rod shelton film and he's he's, yeah it was man he's like well a bunch of white people made a basketball movie anyway uh his quote not mine um It'd be kind of weird if I was my quote for him. He said that what makes that movie great is that you can win the game, but you can't win the girl and the game because there's no stakes. And I think that's exactly what happened here. I think that's why we're questioning it. At least Leo and I are. Uh, Joe Townsend says, have to say, the favorite part of the season was the finale, exclamation point. Usually nonplussed. He's an author, by the way. I had no doubt the book was dead and was thrilled when he came back. The last yeah. act of the episode was pure Trek. Yeah. Let me ask you this there, John. What does pure Trek mean to you? And was this episode that? Um, I, I, I totally agree that it was pure Trek because what we get is the, the alienness. I mean, first off, 
species 10C is not a uh, species of individuals. They are basically one mind from many. And uh, they're also super intelligent and super advanced as opposed to where we are. Here was my thing. They're like these giant winged heads or something. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm like, I think they figured out a way for us to meet and befriend dragons. Oh, I was thinking Portuguese men of war, but that's way cooler. <laughs> I mean, they are these gigantic beasts. They have a, a great ability to understand, which means all the big speeches that were made near the end, which is also very Trek, the very big speeches. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was great. And and uh, I'll say this. Say it. Bringing Book back was important because, as he points out, it's not enough for them to say, oh, I'm sorry we were using our giant mining tool that destroys, you know, giant sectors of space. Uh, we'll yeah, buy some yeah, carbon I... offsets. It'd be fine. What's the big deal? Uh, uh, you know, they'll just go to uninhabited areas and books like, ah, 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 ah. nope, nope, nope. Not good enough. You have to stop doing it all together. Now, here's my question. All right. All right. Remember, has calls him glowworm. Right. Is that racist? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Okay. Cool. And I call him light bright. Ooh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> do not do that. Uh, so, like his, his, you know, Quajon, um, uh, empath. Uh, uh, druid powers yeah. kick in near the end there. And I'm like, wait, is he manipulating them? Oh, absolutely or... not. Oh, okay. I said what 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 got what knocked Tarina on her ass is something that book can do. And he found a way to find some common ground. At least I thought so. They're kind of like, oh, okay, we back down because we totally get the feeling and pain and stuff. He didn't have yeah. to go to Saru towards the end. Because even though Saru was good at what he does, even impractically so, <laughs> I think that book is all about the feels, bro. Yes, yes, that it's more about this spirit and your heart and your emotions and your love. And that's very Trek, too. I love that part of it. So it it, it brought me to a really nice place. And I thought they ended it in a really great way in terms of, uh, look, Book is saying it's not enough for you to use this DMA responsibly. You got to mm -hmm. stop using it altogether. I and quit what I want. Advanced. Yeah, and, and I, man, I totally dug that. That, to me, was ending it way ahead of where I thought they could have ended it. They could have, you know, they could have gotten quick, happy ending. But they really had to extend it further into this understanding and this sharing. Oh, and Book's basic message is, look, you got to stop uh, trying to get all this boronite from our galaxy. And they're like, well, we need it so that we can put up our giant protective bubble. And he's yeah. like... Do you really need the bubble, though? The yes. Field. I mean, uh, that's my baggage, bro. I, I need 10 feet of space. I need my swipe left function. What are you talking about? And because they understand how much damage they're doing to our galaxy by using the DMA, they actually stop having a hyperfield. So very Star Trek, we left a, a, a society more advanced than us we actually left them better than they were did we uh, though yeah because maybe i'm incredibly cynical because i am from new york y'all i'm sorry but you, no one is born with a hyperfield right there had to have been something 
that made them go, wait a minute, maybe we should have some good defenses up. So some guy rolls the towel, goes, hey, bro, don't put locks in your doors, bro. If someone wanted to rob you, they would. That's just not the best logic ever. <laughs> Why do they have the hyperfields? My question. Unless I'm getting this wrong, they were they were on that planet that we saw previously. Mm-hmm. And then it some disastrous thing was going to happen to it. So enough of them escaped that they were able to set up the hyperfield. Right. But but their home planet was the the first one uh, that our, our people stop at in this galaxy. And they see all the destruction. They see that they lost all of this stuff in their from their previous home. So, yeah, that's why they needed a hyperfield. Something destroyed their previous home. And then they were like, yeah, we got to get away. We got to be safe. But I guess we're assuming that thing isn't around anymore, whatever it was. Right. Uh, maybe, pop quiz. maybe somebody remembers. I don't remember. Uh, Joe Tazel says, total Kirk move, playing fast with the prime directive. I, you know what? It's funny, Joe, because when when I didn't, when I wasn't into Star Trek, and if I'm going, if I'm rambling, please, John, Reel me back in. I love your rambling. Uh, so Ramble when I was getting struck, when I when I was like in like my early teens, no, early twenties, like late teens, early twenties, and I was trying to explain, tell someone explaining the Star Trek, you try it out. Like, nah, I don't really know. It's for nerds and losers, not to know as I'm a nerd and loser myself. They're like, oh, it was really cool because they go to these planets, they they explore, but there's the prime directive where they can't really involve with the, the cultures like well that so how what's the story well you always break it but when they break it it's pretty cool because and it's like wait you have one rule and you find a way to break it every single week what's the point <laughs> and i thought that was the most weirdest thing but you're absolutely right the way they do it is why i keep coming back how will they break the prime directive this week i, I mean uh, look to to put it um and and maybe some of the other fans can correct me if i'm wrong but to to put it in historical context the original uh series so tos star trek tos the <laughs> those old scientists according to uh lower decks yeah uh, the original uh, i call it toss uh toss uh <laughs> they were not heavy on the prime directive but the next generation was and and that actually made the next generation really great because it created so much conflict of like, well, we need to do the right thing, but if we do it, we're violating our number one rule. So how do we do that and get away with it? Whereas the original series, they were like, these people are dumb. We should make them smart. Hey, guys, smarten up. Okay, we're, we're good. Five to beam up. Yeah, and, and, it's, and so that's very... That's very TOS of like, we had to tell people across the galaxy that they were stupid. Uh, I like it. Teach them lessons. Speaking of odd, odd things, uh, what, what what popped you harder there, brother? Diada Nandoya or Bobcat Stamets? Because <laughs> both of them were like, huh? <laughs> oh boy, that's tough. That is tough because <laughs> Nandoya sacrificing herself and just like didn't even flinch. You knew she had it in her. I, I mean, I always knew that this there's a reason why this woman's a general. She is a badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was... I, what was funny was they knew that Detmer was one of the best pilots ever. They they already know that. So for right. her to come in and say, look, I, I happen to be a great pilot. You should let me do this. I mean, that was funny that they were like, yeah, let's go with the general. Never have a seat. <laughs> she she's great. 
<laughs> but you yeah. know what? She owes it to herself and to us. Let's give it to the general to do. But she delivered. I, I popped super hard when uh, Reno called a Bobcat Stamets also. So those are the two names. I was like, huh, Deanna. I didn't think her name was that. And I guess Bobcat kind of fits. He kind of looks like one. Sure. I mean, I mean, he's, you know, he's got big kitty cat eyes. Sure, I could see it. Also love that his partner's like, well, that's an interesting nickname. Hmm, I kind of like it. <laughs> I mean, that was As they go cute. on their couples trip, it's like, don't call me Bobcat. <laughs> uh, total sidebar will probably get me canceled. Offers Rosanna hot when she was uh, taken away to join a prison. Uh, <laughs> let, let me ask, speaking of people who are very, very cutie pies, Tilly makes a return. This episode, being that Starfleet Academy person, spinoff maybe in the offing, but more importantly, her and Vance get to have a bit of moment with space whiskey. Uh, thoughts about this whole like deep plot or watching this plot happen from their perspective? Uh, you know, it's also ve- very Shakespearean to have the scene where um, there are common people kind of talking about what's going on from their perspective. Usually, you know, an important person comes in and talks to them and then walks away. But but we were cutting to the Admiral and Tilly as they were ready to go down with the ship. Oh, man. When the Admiral says abandoned ship, did you get a little pain right in the heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it reminds me to your point, like, um, what was the name of that fancy play that they made us read in high school? Um, The the one they based Lion King one and a half after. Um, Oh, uh. What Rosencrantz is dead? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern is dead. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah, that's the one. That's so classic. That is yeah, very very liking one and a half. If you've ever seen that movie, not two. It's different movie altogether. (laughs) One and a half. (laughs) Uh, That's but yeah. Did you get any kind of weird vibes? Like I thought they were going to do the whole "We're going to die." You've been drinking. Like I got weird vibes for a second. I'm glad nothing happened. But you had my wife was away. uh, My family was away. We're drinking whiskey. War's going to end. No, thank God. I thought it was just me. Okay, good. Look, look. Would would I, uh, you know, want to have one last fling right before I die with Tilly? Yes, I would at least. <laughs> I would at least suggest. I mean, but, I try not to be, you know, Harvey Weinstein about it. I would just right. be like, you know. That's your gay hey, side. That's your gay know. side. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Good Lord, you don't know the difference between no, Weinstein and Firestein? You had a case sign. I, I was, it was a callback, John. Forget it. I can't work like this. <laughs> but I'm not sure Tilly would give me a second thought. So I'd, I'd be ready not to be too gross about it. But, you know, uh, look, that that little scene of the two of them shows you the loss. It shows mm-hmm. you the threat of the loss uh, we're just about to lose them. Two of the great characters of Discovery. We're just about to lose them. So the the stakes are high. They could hardly be higher at that point. Right. Uh, so I'm SVK. Woohoo. Black Lives Matter in more ways than one this week in Discovery. Uh, not to make it all lives matter, but what I like about Discovery is that it is a big deal until it's not a deal anymore, which is pretty cool. Uh, I want to get your opinion on this one on the way out as far as like to me the hardest decision I had to make and that was the warping out versus being left decades away from home base because for a second there I was like Oh, are we are we doing Voyager season five? Are we are we doing Star Trek Voyager season five? But thankfully they got the DS9 Wormhole Express back home. Uh, thoughts about that? Was that too much of a cop out there? Would you want to see them in the future come back home, or that's been done already? 
we knew that wormhole existed. They were using it to get their mining equipment into our galaxy. So for them to, I'm, what I thought was weird was Saru going, they're opening it up one more time just so we can pass through it. I was like, how do you know that? Who explained that to you? <laughs> can see, that's the plot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I, I appreciate a good deus ex machina just like anybody else, but how do you know these things? I'm having these problems with Picard right now, season two right now too. Right. How do you know these things? But hey, I'm glad there's some explanation. I'm glad we did, because let's face it, they are on, they're in a whole different galaxy. It is really going to get tough to get home. So mm -hmm. I appreciated that. We're going to... You know, the title of the series, uh, the title of the episode is Coming Home. Right. They got to get home at the end, right. end of the episode. That's what they promised. So, again, so if it was a Voyager situation, you'd be like, nah, lame, boost. I would, I would have been so pissed. You're right. I would have been pissed. <laughs> Just steal from everything? <laughs> that's like, dude, that's like Lost in Space. That's like Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space. Like, that... <laughs> <laughs> that's been used so many times. I I hated it when Voyager did it. I don't want to see anyone else do it. Prodigy's kind of doing it, but not exactly, so it's okay. I don't know. Yeah, Voyager's actually, like, again, we watch on our sister show, Starbase 80, part of the web internet thingy. We go through classic Trek, and you try to keep an open mind, but but definitely Voyager seems like someone who just lost on a road trip, and then the whole thing's all shortcuts. What kind of cool warp tube if you go down and cut some time off? Hey, it'll kill us all. Who cares? I need to get home as quick as possible. I was like, damn, Janeway. Like, this sucks. I, I mean, <laughs> what's crazy about Star Trek in, in a macro sense for me is um, we really, in the original series, the Federation and Starfleet are constantly talked about and, and we run into representatives of it. We don't spend a lot of time there visiting right. headquarters or anything like that. So um, the fact that we then in, um, I remember one of the big complaints about DS9 was how they were off in a corner of the universe that the Federation barely reaches out there. And that's oh, yeah. like, oh, bummer. I really like the Federation. I want to see more of that. And then the next series after that is Voyager, where it's like, not only do we have no Federation, we're mm -hmm. in a completely different quadrant. And it's like we're broke all the time. We, we <laughs> can barely pay the rent. We can barely replicate. We can barely, you know, fuel the ship. We can barely fuel our shields. We get our asses kicked by everybody. All of this austerity, all of this loss, all of this, we're poor now. Ugh, I hate right. that. Uh, and <laughs> then sucks. in Discovery, when they go into the future and they rejoin the Federation, even though the Federation isn't very big, I think it's a very a big plus. I think it was a big kick in the pants for this series. Uh, here's my other Men in Black reference. What I liked, even though some of the episodes can drag on, what I like about DS9 is that the idea that space comes to them, much like how the idea of what Men in Black is. It's like the the state, the the Men in Black headquarters is like a customs or an airport. For, for aliens, I thought it was a cool premise. I wish the animated series does that more. Mm -hmm. Men in Black does. I wish movies did it more too. Joe Tansel says two reinventions of the same series twice in five seasons would have been lame for sure. Well, this is what I was talking about, Joe. Like I feel like there was. I don't want to. I don't know. I'm not in the office. I'm not in the writers' room. But there, there is Discovery had 
to its name, a lot of things that had to find its own voice with a way to placate older fans who've done what one or two major hiatuses, get new fans involved with this new platform that's being launched at the time with CBS All Access. It wasn't even Paramount. So there was had a masses of serve. So not to say that it would be a bad idea, because it would. I would totally understand a corporation being like, ah, oh, that Voyager thing worked. Let's do that because you own the IP and yada, yada, yada. But right, I'm yeah. glad it's not the case. Uh, as we wrap this up, man, uh, you know, here's time I got to ask you speculation. You know, next season is confirmed, season five. Not sure what the long term prospect of season six or seven is going to be, but if you have a chance of just predicting the future, things you want to see uh, next season, Discovery. Well, that's a really, really good question. I think we've got, I think we've done so much external uh, in the last two seasons, you know, way out, way out in the middle of nowhere, we find the uh, explanation of the burn and what happened to all the dilithium. And now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now we've got, yeah, yeah. So uh, Leo jumped on it. He interrupts me all the time. Uh, but Leo jumped on it. And what I'm saying, what I'm thinking is, yeah, we might be going internal again in terms of what happens in the alpha quadrant, what happens in Federation space. Um, I mean, look, the Federation is bigger now than it has been as everyone's trying to rebuild from recovering from the DMA. And there's a lot of unity and, uh, Stacey Abrams shows up and now earth is just boom, earth's in the Federation. There's no question anymore. Uh, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of digging the fact that the Federation's getting a little stronger. So I want to see a lot of Federation. I want there to be a Federation backbone Yeah. to, to what we're doing. Not that that hasn't happened in this season, but yeah, I want to see more internal. I think we've gone way out. Let's go back in. That's my question. Uh, Little Genesis said Klingons. Uh, there you go. And Joe Townsend says two or three smaller story arcs with a common theme. Possibly. I mean, uh, Strange New Worlds, we're, we're being promised to be more episodic, but I doubt it. I, there's, no, there's no money being completely episodic, but uh, I think that would be your, your flavor for it. But for me, um, the future stuff, chapter two, as far as I'm concerned, informally, seasons three, season four, the future stuff. We, I am exhausted on Coast Guard. Give me some Navy. Uh, ah! Give me some Army. Ah! Like we went to some uncharted waters, we explored the bottom of the sea. Yeah. We we got the occasional immigrant. I get it. We got pirates in season three. Yeah. Give me planets that are fighting. Give me refugees. Give me safe passages episodes. Give me some classic stuff that way to make yeah. sure that what Discovery is doing is is also helping the smaller planet. I think that's the Federation is everyone believes in this ideal and it makes sense at a macro level. But why should Joe Smith on Barzon care? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you call it Joe Smith or whatever. I love it. I love uh, it. So let's see some Andorians and Klingons in a big way. I, we are I'm all, all sons of the Kuvma. <laughs> I'm sons all for it. Uh, it, especially the Andorians. I miss me some Andorians, man. I kind of wonder will will be discoveries like if they have a chance to have their their big contribution. Well, if they can do their Borg, if they can do their uh, mirror universe, what would be that one? But that'd be kind of cool to have like a, a fresh thing that they did. But the time travel, of course. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They've echoed a lot of classic Trek, uh, Terra Prime, Klingons. They they've had a lot of classic Trek in the beginning of Discovery. But yeah, where's the race? Where's the species? Because I come on, we're not going to see species 10C a lot. They're they're literally in another galaxy, oh, on yeah. the other side of the giant wall. So, 
Uh, there may be some talk about, you know, dealing with them, but there's there's not a lot of direct contact there. So, yeah, let's see more internal in our galaxy uh, storylines. Well, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to Commander's Log. This was the recap for Season 4, Episode 13, Coming Home. Special couple of announcements for you before we get out of here in about 15 minutes or so. Captain John and the Starbase 80 Supplemental will be going over uh, Episode 3 of Season 2 of Picard. Picard, <laughs> right here on the uh, Weber Internet thingy. But because we are covering Strange New Worlds, there's a bit of hiatus, quote-unquote, in-name-only Commander's Log. We'll be still doing hot content for you guys. Next week, we have ourselves a retrospective, a spotlight on Lower Decks. We're covering some of the short Trek, some of Star Trek Prodigy, some of the animated series. A lot of good stuff between now and May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo. So please stick around for Commander's Log. But if you want some Picard recap with Joe Townsend and Leo Genesic and Chris picture heck check out that weber internet thing right is that making it right is that right yep yep please do uh you can find weber internet thingy on youtube or on facebook uh before we get out of here one more time stress free case says at plus i want to see 10c teacher federation some new type 2 civilization tricks well i want myself my own hydrocarbon light up thingy and i have it on my on my uniform <laughs> don't say a word just... all right uh, about time to get out of here because I have totally made us drop 20 points of IQ talking about haikus <laughs> and looking for light brights, rainbow brights, and uh, Rosecrans dead. All right, y'all, I am out. Commander's Log, part of the New Amsterdam Entertainment Network. Learn more at newamsterdam.com. Captain, until next time, say it. Live long and prosper, babies.